So Jonathan filled out a survey a while back that was on the bottom of his receipt from the grocery store. He made a point to tell me that at the end of the questionnaire, they asked him questions about his race and ethnicity. He responded, prefer not to answer. As he told me this story, he wondered, why do they need this information? What are they going to do with it? Will they treat me differently or give me different prices based upon what my race or ethnicity is? So the question that we're going to tackle today is, should your business ask for information about gender, race, and ethnicity? Now, I firmly believe that data is a powerful tool in building an inclusive brand. However, I don't want the process of capturing that data enable you to push the customers that you want to serve away. We're going to get more into this after this short break. Okay, I've got another podcast recommendation for you. It's Latinx in Power, hosted by Thaisa Fernandez. It's brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. This podcast features interviews with top-level executives, entrepreneurs, and innovators from Latin America, aiming to demystify the tech industry by providing listeners with insider perspectives and insight from Latin American leaders who have succeeded in their fields. I like listening to this podcast because I like hearing from a broad diversity of voices and hearing from and learning from their experiences. One episode I'm super excited to dive into is the latest one, Lead Generation Journey with Glenville Dixon Jr. Listen to Latinx Empower wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so the U.S. government collects race and ethnicity data for the census to help in making policy decisions, particularly those that impact civil rights. They also note that they use the data to promote equal employment opportunities and to assess racial disparities in health and other environmental risks. That's why for certain organizations that work with the government or who receive government funding, capturing this type of data is required. But for many other businesses like the grocery store, it isn't required to capture this data. Now, Jonathan's objections are valid. I've polled others and have gotten similar responses when they feel brands ask them to provide information about themselves that don't seem relevant. So as you think about building an inclusive brand, data plays an important role. Not only does it help you to understand the makeup of who your customers are, but it better helps you understand conversion rates. It helps you understand rates of customer success. And if there are different types of groups who are achieving success at different rates, we talked a lot about this in episode 45, factors that influence your customer success that you need to be aware of. I'll drop a link to that in the show notes for you if you haven't had a chance to listen. It also plays a role in customer retention. As you're starting to think about what are the things that we need to do and what do we need to implement so that we can better serve all of our customers. And if we understand that people from different communities or people from different identities sometimes have different experiences, it is very much helpful to have the data to really know what is going on and what is happening in your business so that you can put the right solutions in place. But the data won't do you much good if the experiences that you're delivering to your customers are off-putting in response to getting that data, which causes them to walk away from you. So let's talk a little bit more about when collecting data about race, ethnicity, gender, or other classifications are helpful. 
I've done voice of the customer interviews for a number of my clients who wanted to know specifically how race impacted the experiences of the people they were serving. Asking questions about race in the market research screeners were necessary because of the line of questioning we were going to be taking during the research. One client I worked with was able to see from the data that they had captured that their brand did a poor job of supporting their African-American customers. They could see that this population spent the least amount of time on their product and had the least amount of trust with the brand in comparison to other races. Beauty retailer Sephora conducted a large-scale study on racial bias in retail to find out if there were differences in the experiences consumers had in retail based upon their race. They found that disparities did exist, including in their own stores and online. As a result of the findings, they developed and are implementing a detailed action plan to deliver an environment where all customers feel like they belong. I'll drop a link to that overall research that they conducted that includes their action plan in the show notes. So it's really interesting. So you should definitely dig into it if you're curious. Both my client that I mentioned and Sephora used demographic data to discover that there were factors in the experiences their brands were delivering that negatively impacted certain groups of customers. Those experiences ultimately impacted the customer's desire to engage and buy from them and the degree of success they achieved. In these instances, it was helpful to get that demographic data because it informed where focus and corrections were needed. And as these brands work to implement their plans, they can then use tracking surveys over time to evaluate their progress with particular groups. Okay, after this short break, we're gonna talk about when collecting demographic data isn't helpful, or when it's off-putting to the people that you're serving, and some simple strategies that you can implement to help you better understand what's happening with your customers. Finding a service solution that helps you better connect with customers and keep them happy can feel impossible, like trying to remember the name of that guy you just met at a networking event. Was it Ron, or could it be Don, or John, or Sean? Yeah, that kind of impossible. HubSpot's all-new service hub can help. Well, with the service solution part, at least. It brings service and success together on one powerful platform for the first time ever. With an AI-powered help desk and an AI chatbot that handles frontline tickets fast. Plus, it comes with a customer success workspace that helps reps anticipate customer needs in a full 360 view of every customer so your go-to-market team can keep a pulse on accounts before trying to upsell or cross-sell. Also, you can scale support and drive retention and revenue. And you know what that means, better service and happier customers at every stage of the journey. Visit hubspot.com service to do more for your customers today. All right. So if you don't have a specific purpose for the data, a way to properly analyze it, or a hypothesis you were trying to prove or disprove, then don't collect the information. It causes more harm than good. A good rule of thumb is that if a customer were to ask you why you need the data, you'd be able to give them a clear answer as to how the data will be used for their benefit. Now, you can avoid customers having to ask you this question or being privately frustrated by the questions you're asking 
by proactively sharing why you're asking for specific information. Let them know, hey, I'm collecting this information, and then be very clear about how you having this information will better help you as a brand serve them as a customer. Be very clear what's in it for them. Sometimes there are often other indicators that you could use that would help you better identify how to serve your customers based upon different demographic characteristics, buying patterns, feedback, requests for certain products, observation, and even third-party data can help you find the insights you need to deliver experiences that make your customers feel like they belong. Now, a couple of things that you can do to get this information, if you don't want to, say, just put out a survey or if you don't want to offend people or, or, or make them feel frustrated with why you're asking information, of course, as I mentioned before, always clearly explain why you want to have the information and explain the benefit that the customer will get from it. But you can make capturing that information voluntary. So let's say you want to survey the customers in the customer base that you have. You can go ahead and ask them if they are open to sharing that information Now, one quick thing that you can do if you want to get just a pulse on what's happening, particularly from people from different communities and understanding how they're going through your customer experience, understand what is going on, um, if they're achieving success at the same rates, understand how they go through their customer journey or how their overall experiences could be different is to do some qualitative interviews get on the phone with them, have a coffee chat with them, do some Zoom calls. You can make this research even formalized with doing some in-depth interviews where you're reaching out to people. And as I mentioned before, you can specify the criteria. I'm looking for customers who are above the age of 45. I'm looking for customers who where English is not their first language. I'm looking for customers who wear a size 16 or higher. Whatever it is that you are the types of customers and you want to understand more about their experiences, be very clear about who you're looking to talk to, what it is that you're looking to accomplish, and let them raise their hand so they can give you the information about yourselves and they can explain further about how they identify. Based upon what you learned from that initial qualitative research and the having a good sample size to you know, be able to form opinions and identify some initial trends, then you can decide whether or not it is helpful for you to go and get more data from more of the people that you're serving to understand more about their experiences, whether you're doing that in a qualitative manner whether it's going to be more quantitative, whether you're going to go specifically to your customers or whether you're going to go out on a whole and get information on a broader level from consumers in general. Now, to be clear, there are just going to be some times where people don't want to give you this information and people are distrustful. They don't want to feel like they're going to be discriminated against. They don't want to feel like their personal information in terms of various identities that they hold will be used against them in any sort of way. So there's a lot of reasons to understand why people are going to be a little hesitant in certain instances to provide this information. So it's just always helpful to operate with care whenever you are asking people to give information about themselves 
and reassure them that you're going to be using this banner in a safe way. It's going to be used for their benefit and no harm will come to them as a result of providing this information. I'm super curious to hear from you. I remember talking to somebody on this topic and they were saying about how they never provide their own personal information whenever they're being asked that from a consumer standpoint or even for their employer. But because they sort of work in the field, they're always recommending that their friends do it because they want people to be able to have that data so they can make decisions. It's a, it's a very nuanced sort of thing. So you just really need to make sure that you're operating with care so people know that you're going to be treating their information with care. But I definitely want to hear from you. How do you respond whenever people are asking you for your personal information, particularly from a brand? Do you freely give it to them? Are you hesitant? Do you feel like it's none of their business? How do you handle this? How do you respond? Definitely let's have a chat on this on social media or feel free to email me at sonia at soniaethompson.com and we can continue the conversation there. If you like this show, I would so appreciate it if you would leave a rating and review for it in your podcast player of choice. It really does go a long way towards helping more people discover the show. And before we wrap up, I do want to check in with you and find out if you are getting the inclusion and marketing newsletter. If you are not, what are you even doing? Each week I send news, story, and other little tips to equip you to build an inclusive brand that attracts more people from underrepresented and underserved communities. Until next time, remember, everyone deserves to have a place where they belong. Let's use our individual and collective power to ensure more people feel like they do. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you soon.